the following episode of uh, the Cantori Show here with our guest Pato Bantan is uh, brought to you by March and Ash. Actually, Pato is going to be uh, doing a meet and greet guest uh, bud tender thing down at March and Ash City Heights right off of uh, home in Fairmount. He's going to be there this Friday at 5 p.m. before his show down at the Tower Beach Club where he's performing at Sundown Sessions. And you can get those tickets at sundownsessionslive.com. It's going to be a, a hell of a time. All right, let's do the show. And as we kick things off, uh, the music here is provided to us by uh, Jake Nager, who just got out of the hospital. He was admitted uh, several weeks ago uh, for something, and then uh, it progressively got worse. What, what he went in for turned into something else that got worse. Then he started to get better to the point where he was actually released from the hospital early, and uh, he's back home now. So... I just wanted to uh, wish Jakey the absolute best in his recovery. And uh, just for what it's worth, it's uh, it's not COVID or not COVID related. But uh, he certainly was in a bad place and now in a lot better place. And I couldn't be happier. Uh, being a friend, I was, uh, I was pretty worried for a minute there. And knowing that he's back home and engaging with, with the community makes me so happy and what a community by the way they uh together they raised uh let's see well over twenty thousand dollars to help jake through this process because jake's unable to work he was a working musician prior to uh falling ill and it's going to be a while before he can get back behind the kit and do what he well does so uh the community rallied for jakey and it was just a, a beautiful thing so we're talking to Pato Bantan today, and I'm really looking forward to it, uh, being a huge fan. I've loved Pato for, for many, many years, dating back to the 80s when uh, he first got to uh, the States, because in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, he was uh, living in an area called, neighborhood called Hansworth in Birmingham. And uh, back then, there was, there was a lot going on. They had uh, a lot of communities, white, black, Jamaican, English, punk, reggae, but they all seemed interchangeable in, in Birmingham, and they had this crazy music scene. It was reggae's pulse, punk's energy. All these bands were, were just popping. I mean, from UB40 to Steel Pulse, the English beat, uh, musical youth on one side, and then on the other side, you had like ELO, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Duran Duran, these are all Birmingham bands. And Birmingham's not a huge place. So uh, when I was living in Los Angeles in the 80s, I got really into reggae. Yeah, I was just so down with Marley and not only Bob, but Ziggy. And Ziggy took Pato on tour, which was the first time I saw Pato live and uh, just fell in love with his music. He always had a positive message. And a message that was also pro-cannabis. And when you're, when you're a 15, 16-year-old impressionable kid, you know, when you hear somebody talking about, uh, you know, not, not sniffing coke 
and only smoking Sensamia, you take that stuff to heart. <laughs> so uh, we'll be catching up with Pato here momentarily. I also want to thank our other sponsors, Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. If you're in need of some Mexican auto insurance, uh, there's no better service. If you're heading south of the border, BajaBound.com. Uh, they've been in business since the 90s, and I've been using them since the 90s, and it's a great family operation, and I couldn't say enough great things about them. All right, let's talk to Pato Bantan. Respect Mr. Bato Bantan. Rough. Just like a soup in a pot. We are what? Bubbling hot. We're bubbling hot. Hot, hot. We're bubbling hot. Hi. Great to see you, my friend. Nice one. <laughs> it, it's such a treat to talk to you, and uh, we, we can't wait to see you uh, this Friday. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you're... Uh, quite the road warrior aren't you you, you perform <laughs> live so much it's unbelievable my friend <laughs> so i've been told i would imagine you were going crazy during the pandemic and the lockdown i mean the pandemic's still happening but the lockdown yeah i was going crazy um during the lockdown but i'm really really happy to be able to tour again i'm just doing an interview baby <laughs> i'm glad to be on the road again to to get out there to encourage people to to be out there yeah you know? um it's a good feeling you know to get back together with the band we we just actually did 29 cities in the last five weeks and um, we just got back home yesterday so um my eyes probably look a bit tired at the moment because we, <laughs> we've been grinding but wow. it's been a really good experience. A lot of people really appreciated. Most of the shows we did on the tour um, were free of charge to, for families to come out and enjoy themselves. And it was like, you know, during the month of July, it was like just a gift to the community. You know, yeah. all the way up the coast from San Diego, all the way up to Port Angeles, Washington, and back home. So, you know, we, we're, we're really happy and we can't wait to come down to the Sundown Showcase to bring the <laughs> positive vibrations, you know? A uh, thousand percent. Now, when you're out there, I, I'm curious, you know, because you are engaging with so many people. You know, one of the things I like about our little session, it's a it's a private, intimate group and it's outdoors. Do, do you get nervous ever being out in the crowds and stuff? Are you able to to separate from all that and all the news and all the stuff that's out there in the universe? Well, you know, for me, you know, I've always been a person of faith. So, um, you know, as realistic or unrealistic as that may be. But, um, you know, I hugged thousands of people over the past five weeks. You know, it was my mission to get out there and make human contact. I bet. You know, so I have no fear. You know, I have a good immunity. You know, I, I know even though people get sick of co sick with COVID, only a small percentage ever really die, you know, and those are people whose immunity are compromised. So I do my best to have my ginger and lemon, to eat a healthy diet, take care of my immunity. And so, um, you know, we 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 hugged so many people and we didn't have any no one in the band had any issues you know Tremendous. and, and um, our main purpose was to just get out there and, and let people know that 
the main virus that needs to be spread right now is love, you know? Uh, preach. And that people should take care of themselves physically, mentally, and spiritually, you know, try to be as healthy as possible, but also not to allow fear to hinder them from living a, a happy life. So, you know, we, 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 our mission was, we had two missions. One was to spread the good news. It was called the Good News Peace and Love Tour. And um, the good news is to remind everybody that, you know, we're all God's children, brothers and sisters, and not to let politics, religion or racial views separate us from loving each other. Agree and the, the, the second message was peace and love, you know, just to remind everyone to spread peace and love. You know, that, that is the most important thing that we should be spreading to the world and, and demonstrating that in our daily life and not getting angry with people because of different opinions, you know, so yeah, people receive the message very well. seems like we used to work through our problems a lot better uh, yes. in, in the past than now. It's just too easy to cut people off or exactly. ghost people. We, we used to agree to disagree. Right. You know, and still be friends and still yes. move on with other subjects that we agree on. But now it's social media has allowed people to basically just cut you off the first sign of disagreement. They, they yep. don't want nothing to do with you anymore. It's so true. Where, where's home now for you? Where is home? I live in um, Lake Elsinore. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. I, I, I lived up in uh, Woodland Hills and Calabasas, okay. that, that area for part yeah. of my life. But did you ever imagine back uh, you know, in, in the 70s when you were living in Birmingham that you would be based in at Lake Elsinore, Southern California. Never, <laughs> Never right? Never. You know, um, when I moved to America, I started my time in um, LA. And um, I always imagined that I'd probably end up in Brazil, you know, but once I um, settled in LA, I was like, okay, now let me find somewhere that's outside of the city, but still close enough for me to travel. And um, we, we found a beautiful, you know, lake in lake elsinore where where we can live a peaceful life you that's know, awesome be a part of a growing community and still be close enough to the city that we can function you know can you tell me a little bit about what the scene was like back in the 70s especially in birmingham where you had this, it this was reggae amazing. culture mixed with you know punk rock and judas priest and black sabbath are, are from birmingham and that's right so, you know, so is pato and steel pulse and ub40 yeah there was so much going on yeah <laughs> it was amazing because before that point, it was a very hostile environment. It, you know, the UK was a very racist place for people of color. You know, we, we had, our parents had just emigrated there. The British community didn't know what to do with Indians coming from India and black people coming from Jamaica. And um, it was very hostile. But once the, the white kids and the black kids and the Asian kids got together and started making music and performing at shows. People was like, wow, you know, we are a multicultural community now. There's yeah. no stopping this, you know? And black guys dated, dating white girls, white guys dating black girls, Indians dating Asians. You know, it was just a hot pot of culture musically, culturally, everything. And, um, you know, it just totally changed the scene. And, you know, bands like UB40, like 
the English beat, the specials, the two-tone scene, the punk rock scene. They they just took the world by storm. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't small bands for long, you know. No. They, as soon as they put out their albums, boom, they were traveling the world. They were in the charts. They were on MTV when MTV just started. Yeah. And it was a great, great scene. You know, I was in a talent contest when Rankin Roger from the English Beat, you know, found me at a talent contest and uh, invited me to the recording studio. Next thing I know, I'm on the special beat service album, selling a gold record, you know, and I'm traveling across America, you know. And um, next thing I'm recording with UB40, then I'm recording with Sting. I know. um, I do know. (laughs) Amazing. Just amazing. 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 Just being in the right place at the right time and just being a part of such a, you know, an amazing culture of music, you know, which still lives on today. Heck yeah. Weren't you uh, also before that, before you were handpicked by uh, Roger, weren't you already kind of part of the scene and a uh, working with like your stepfather so someone in the family you were you were yeah, part of a circuit stepdad, right my stepdad was the local dj for the community and our house was actually the local party house we had illegal parties at our house i started being the security guard for these parties at the age of 8 it's amazing and then as the music evolved i was right there as a kid growing up in the music and then I started spinning the music at the age of 12 and then when reggae music evolved I was right there too and started going on the microphone and imitating Jamaican artists next thing I know I'm running my own sound system I'm the DJ I'm singing I'm chatting and then I've got all of these famous bands turning up to my night damn sessions and they're in there i'm looking at steel pulse ub40 the beat all of these different artists people i don't even know you are musical youth so many bands coming into my parties just and getting entertained by me all night as a and how old are you how old are you at this point 15 oh my god 15 16 you know and next thing i know i'm you know I'm a part of their scene, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy because when I was 15, 16, I was, uh, I was spinning your vinyl and listening to your records <laughs> and you were telling me not to sniff Coke and only Coke. smoke sense of me. That's right. <laughs> that, that was my experience at uh, 15, 16. How, how long have you been a, a cannabis advocate? I would imagine since the beginning of time. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> your time. That is, I, I would say I've been a cannabis advocate. Uh, advocate now for about 40 years easily easily and and it plays i would imagine a huge role in your music as well as your spiritual spirituality yes yes and i have met so many people with gray hair who have told me that my message helped shape their life help them to see the difference between drugs and, and natural herbs and help them to make very conscious decisions while growing up, you know? Well, you see, I'm taking my hat off. You see that hair? Uh, uh, yes. I'm, I'm one of those guys, my friend. <laughs> I'm one of those people. And right. uh, yeah, and when you're down here, you're going to be making an appearance over at uh, 
a dispensary here in town, March and Ash, I understand, yes. uh, which is going to be uh, pretty awesome. Uh, did you ever think in a million years there would be cannabis dispensaries? That was something we used to fantasize as kids, you know, walking into a store and buying it. Did you see that day coming? I, I envisaged it. Um, how long it would take, I never really knew. But, you know, to see it happen in my lifetime, to be able to know that marijuana is now recreational in the state of California and many other states now, and many people around America are, are able to get medicinal marijuana, even if it's not recreational. To me, that struggle was more than worth it. You know, I remember when they made it so criminal to even have one joint. Yeah. And in the early years when I was singing about legalize it and don't sniff coke, only smoke, I, I was, you know, victimized. You know, I was marginalized and victimized as an artist for speaking up for something that was considered a criminal, you know, substance. You were part Never, of the stigma. Very negative stigma. You're right. And I could never really um, get my head around why they would do that or why that could happen. But it never it never hindered me from pushing the message. And, and a lot of other great artists who went out there and, and spoke up for marijuana. So, you know, it's just good to see the day. I just wish that a lot of the people who suffered injustice and prison sentences could get compensated for for the for the suffering that they went through for the for just partaking in a natural herb. I agree. Uh, did you ever have any uh, legal issues or problems with it being a uh, early advocate and somebody who spoke so openly about it at such an early time? No, thank God, thank God, I I didn't. You know, I even used to travel with it. You know, I remember once I, I went to Jamaica and realized I had a big bag in my pocket and I went <laughs> two flights, two airports, you know. Um, and I guess because I never really respected the law against marijuana, I never really adhered to it, you right. know. But thank God I was never um, caught smoking yeah. or, or traveling with herbs. So if you're looking for new gear to protect your devices, I highly recommend you check out nomadgoods.com, company out of Santa Barbara, and uh, currently using Nomad Goods on my on my iPhone, and I've got the uh, the the Apple Watch band. I, I absolutely love all of my Nomad gear, and I highly recommend uh, you check out nomadgoods.com, especially if you live an active lifestyle. You know, I used to be nervous taking my Apple Watch in the surf, but now that I have one of these Nomad bands, I, I feel like it's part of my body and I'm not tripping on it and I can just focus on being present and surfing rather than is my watch going to slide off and all that because I love using my watch in the water. I used to track my waves, but now I'm using it to track my exercise and my heart rate and all that sort of stuff. So I'm stoked to have uh, a Nomad watch band keeping me secure and dialed in when I'm in the water. So check them out at nomadgoods.com as we pick back up with Pato Bantan and discuss, uh, he's got a church, but didn't you it's have Pato your own Bantan spiritual family? There we go. And, and basically, you know, as a reggae artist, reggae music is predominantly a spiritual music. 
So I've always had a spiritual message as a reggae artist because that's what I got from Bob Marley and the early pioneers of reggae before reggae music became commercial and, you know, just singing about Kiss Me Baby and all that kind of stuff. It was more political and spiritual. Right. And that's how I got my education and my inspiration. So, you know, being a, a, a reggae messenger, you could say, um, a lot of my fans started asking me if I would um, bless their children or if I would baptize them or if I would officiate their weddings. Of course. And at this stage, I was like just a reggae artist with a message. And I was like, I'd love to do that for you, but I'm not an official minister or nothing like that. And all, a lot of my fans kept saying, you need to become a minister. You need to get your credentials so you can marry people. So I went online and found out that I could get ordained without sure. going through the whole process of joining a church for two years to get my ordination. So I got ordained within 10 minutes online. <laughs> and um, when I met my wife, Antoinette, who's also my keyboard player, she said to me, you know something, you need to set up an online spiritual ministry because you're touching so many people's lives around the world. They need a place that they can come to so that they can ask you questions or talk to you about spiritual things. So we set up a Facebook group called Pato Banton Spiritual Family. And I think we have over 4,000 members now um, of fans who are spiritually inclined, who want to be a part of, you know, a closer network of discussing spiritual things. And some of them are Muslims, Christians, Buddhists. Some of them are even atheists sure. that have joined our spiritual network just to, you know, or agnostics just so that they can, you know, feel like they're a part of a family and, and ask pertinent questions. And so, yeah, right now I am. Um, and, and that's only the people who have joined this group. There's a many, many more people in our spiritual family in across America and worldwide. I've also encouraged over 200 other people to go online and get their ordination as well. So I have a circle of ministers now, over 200 ministers. That's amazing. Also worldwide, even in Asia, who are doing ministry and marrying people and going to hospitals, going to prisons, um, and just doing good works for people. You know, and it's it's we don't belong to a specific religion. We just call ourselves followers of Christ and we're just spiritual people. Um, but that's my mission right now is to minister to the real needs. Yeah. Of people. I don't have one, you know, one size fits all. It depends on each individual's personal needs. Um, over 100,000 people have my cell phone number right now. And so my fans can call me anytime. They have my number. If they need me, if they're depressed, if they're contemplating suicide, if they're thinking about getting married and they need some advice or they need a minister, they can call me. And I answer my phone and I talk to them. And sometimes they're blown away that I'm actually at the other end. That's of the amazing. Phone. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I've had situations where I need to phone a friend and I don't need, I don't know who to call. I'd love to call uh -huh. Pato. Yeah, <laughs> would, it's nice. And oh, I would like, take your advice to heart in a second. Here, I'm going to throw yeah. a scenario at you, a quick one, okay? And, and I'd All love right. to get some advice from you, okay? All right. All right.
I've got a, I've got a disconnect with a friend. It, it got to a point where I actually had to unfollow this person on social mm-hmm. media because seeing them would make me sad, would make me yes. depressed. So I unfollowed where instead I probably should have muted this person noticed, mm-hmm. called out my toxic behavior, if you will. And then I tried to make the phone connection and talk it through. But now this person isn't talking to me. How do you navigate through situations like that? Disconnects with friendships in, uh, that become kind of weird. Well, for me pers- personally, I think if you can recognize that the step you took was wrong um, or, you know, a bit over the top, yeah, then you should go beyond um, the normal steps of rebuilding the friendship. You need to make sure that you hound that person and let them know how sorry you are. You know, if it means making a visit to them if they're not too far away, you know, or, or finding a way to get a message to them to say, hey, I'm really, really sorry. Please forgive me. I made a miscalculation of judgment. You know, I was just, you know, a bit sad about, you know, what I was seeing on your page, but that shouldn't be the, the cause of the end of our friendship, you know, and... um you can win people over, over time. Time is a yeah. healer. And, and, and probably the original knee jerk that the person had by your behavior or, or what you did, you know, they might have calmed down by now and, and can see more reason. But, you know, if I hurt somebody, I go beyond the normal steps to make sure that I can patch up that situation. If the person is a hateful person, and can't forgive, then after you've done your best, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. And I wouldn't you know? put this person in that category, but that's yeah. tre- tremendous advice because that even goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's just so easy in today's society to just walk away and not engage where that's right. That's not my heart. You know, that's, that's, right. that's I, I'm not cool with that. I recently went through a situation with somebody who actually hurt my feelings and I, we, we ended up kind of having a disconnect for three years. And the person, I think the person was so guilty that he found it hard to just say sorry for what he did to me. So one day I said, you know, enough is enough. I, I reached out to him and I sent him a message and I said, I'm sorry. That's Even huge. though I hadn't done anything, I said, I'm sorry for whatever has caused our disconnect and i hope we can make it up and as soon as i said i was sorry the person broke down and said i'm sorry i was the one that did something wrong but my pride has been stopping me from recognizing it yep so by me saying sorry even though i wasn't the one to blame and it took a lot for me to to even do you know to lower my pride level yeah by doing it it resolved the situation. Powerful stuff, Pato. I appreciate it. And I'm, 
I'm honored to call you a friend and have your phone number. <laughs> Hopefully I won't have to use it anytime soon. I don't want to blow you up, buddy. You have a well, whenever life. you do, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait to see you. I can't tell you this Friday. We've got quite a little crew showing up that's excited to uh, see you live right on. The, it, it's reggae on the bay. It's right on the water. And wow. uh, it's just a tremendous backdrop. And I think you'll uh, you'll have a chance to really shine and do what you do. And boy, do we need it now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Much love. Thank you for your uh, your wisdom and what you bring to the world. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Have a wonderful day. All right, that does it for today. Thank you so much to Pato, and uh, check this out. If, you, uh, if you're in San Diego and would like to see uh, Pato this Friday with Ginger Roots, I might add, opening the show. Ginger Roots are phenomenal. And if you'd like to go to the show, if you buy tickets now through sundownsessionslive.com, that's sundownsessionslive.com, and use the promo code uh, let's do U Y E W 15, actually Y E W 20. Let me get you 20% off of tickets right now. If you hit the website and uh, maybe I'll see you Friday night. Otherwise uh, we'll have some more shows rolling out very soon and looking forward to doing more with you and releasing more content and all that good stuff. All right. Be cool. <laughs>